0: Yeah, welcome back to the hottest and most favorite sports podcast to listen to. Welcome back to the Donald and Donald podcast. Double D Barbershop Sports, baby. We here. We are coming at you straight off script, giving you a brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world Day. Let's go ahead and pull up a chair and chop it up. Oh, my goodness. We got a can't-miss episode lined up for you. D, I got to start it right here, man. The association, let's chop this up right quick with these games and developments. First off, the trade deadline for the NBA is Thursday, February the 8th, 2024. Let's go. Listen, the, the Toronto Raptors. We already know they got R.J. Barrett in Emmanuel quickly. We know that, all right. And then the New York Knicks got O.G. Uh, uh, Ajinobi. All right, hey, great. It seems like both of those teams is doing exactly what they need to do right now. Then Toronto turned right back around and make an old power move. They trade Pas- Pascal Siakam to the uh, to the uh, Pacers for uh, B.B. Bruce Brown, Jordan, or and three first round picks. Yeah, too high. Uh.
1: Are uh, you asking for the asking price for Pascal? Yeah.
0: Um. I mean,
1: you're getting a guy who averages around 23 points and six rebounds. Mm-hmm. It's not really. I don't think. Now, the three first round picks is a little excessive. I think so, but it's it's that demand in in uh what's the, what's the word I'm looking for. Stock and demand or something like that. What you what's out demand there that, and supply? Demand and supply. What's out there that's available mm-hmm. versus how many people are looking for a player the the caliber of Pascal Siakam? So you couldn't come in trying to lowball them on this deal. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think. I think they're looking. They were looking for the trade, but not necessarily just a a thing where they're trying to dump him. They still wanted to get something back. And if you look at the players, Bruce Brown, Carol Lewis, Jordan nwora they're not moving the needle that much. Uh, the Indiana Pacers took a chance on signing Bruce, Bruce Brown after that uh, run he had with the Nuggets last year. It didn't really work out. He's not a difference maker as far as that team's concerned. So the Raptors didn't get a player back in return, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Their, their big thing getting out of this deal is those three first-round picks. I okay. think the players was
0: more of a make these contracts, make the money match up. Right. So when you look at this trade and everything, and I need to know how you feel, um, what happened to um, the Toronto Raptors and Pascal Siakam, you know, building the team around him and then just adding these parts to, to make the whole thing better? Because this kind of, was it unexpected to you?
1: Um once I seen the OG on a newbie mm-hmm. kind of trade, it, it kind of, the writing was on the wall of them blowing it up. I still was kind of leaning towards them keeping the pascal' because he's a great starting block. But in their eyes, I guess it was time to just rebuild this thing from scratch. Unload any any real money that you got on your books. Uh, Unload any of that get some young talent in, and what they did, what they
0: were able to do is get more draft capital. Right. Okay, so with that being said, and we see kind of where uh, people are right now, <clears throat> how do you feel? Who has the longest playoff run, and who could get closest to the title with what they have right now?
1: Um, Pacers did help themselves out with this trade. Uh, again, they didn't give up a lot in terms of player production, and they was already number one offense in the league. And you add a Pascal Siakam to that duo with a Tyrese Halliburton, who has shown he can find his guys in position to score the ball. They did up their chances. It's just hard for me to put them in the same category as a, a Boston, as far as what their team is. And even up there with the 76ers, Joe, um, 76ers with a Joel Embiid, the Bucks with a Giannis and, and Dame Lillard. It's hard for me to put them in that same caliber. I think they're right there with the New York Knicks now. They're in that, the New York Knicks, Miami Heat, uh, Orlando Magic. Right of those, the young talent
0: groups who can push people in a seven-game series. I got you. All right, we already know it was the inaugural season of the NBA Cup. Uh, it met up with uh, the Indiana Pacers and also had the Los Angeles Lakers. We know that the Lakers, they won that cup. Okay. We, we, we know that, I guess what I'm trying to say with that is, it had a playoff atmosphere to it. It was not, you know, it wasn't that big one. That's going to be at the end of the NBA regular season. Uh, but it, it it did show me one thing that the Indiana Pacers does have that hunger uh, to compete at a very high level. So, you know, it's like they was there at that point, got a little bit of experience and how it, felt to lose at that level. So here we go again. And yeah, they played three of the three of the higher
1: teams you expect to be there. You know, the Lakers with their deal right now, but at the end of the season you do still expect them to make noise in the playoffs. And then on their side, I think they went through the Bucks and the Celtics to get to that finals. Right the only difference is the atmosphere and all that pretty much is the same. I think the championship was played at a neutral site or the the actual tournament Bracket was played at a neutral site. That will change when you have to go into a hostile territory. And then also, with it, with it going from single elimination to seven game series. That'll be different, too. you got to see this team night in, night out until somebody gets four
0: wins. Exactly. I love it. Now, when you think about the trade deadline, everything that's going on, you got these moving parts and everything. I want to know about power moves right now, baby. Which team's not talking about it, that's going to be about it when it comes to changing the direction of of a franchise like Toronto basically have with a trade? What you see, like, really popping that's going to say, okay, this probably – is close to probably surely getting done because we need this now because we want to make that run as we speak. Um the guys who the teams who really come to mind who need something else on that team.
1: I'm only thinking of contenders right now. Right. I'm not really worried about the Charlotte Hornets. Um so I think you're looking at teams like the Lakers. You're looking at teams like the Suns who could honestly use a true point guard. Um, the Lakers need somebody who can go out there and can successfully get their own shots. Um, and and really, teams like it's another team that came to mind that I cannot think of now. Um, like the Pacers, they even they need a a perimeter lockdown defender, somebody who can go out there and guard your best player. Teams like that. Um, I see Zach Levine being moved. I see Dejounte Murray being moved. Um, I still think it's some dark horses out there like Tyler Harrow who can be moved. It's just going to be what What are you – the thing with those teams, they believe that they're almost they're, – they're right there. So close. What do you want to give up to get one of these players? Because it's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be easy. But I would think a lot of these guys want to keep some of that that core – like with the Lakers. I don't think they want to give up an Austin Reeves. I don't think they want to give up a Ruri Hachimura. You get what I'm... But, you gotta... I I honestly think somebody's gonna have to be moved. And it's just because of the caliber of players that you're trying to bring in that can change
0: the fate of your organization. Absolutely. Because when you think about it, man, and I know if you've brung up the Lakers, and it's been talked about a lot, if they don't do something, man, they're going to be a 500 team. And,
1: yeah, that, and they, that's about it. They keep dancing around it. They'll, they'll put on a little streak to get above 500, then they'll go right on another losing streak to go right below it. And then they get bailed out by, when they, as soon as they drop below 500, they're playing, a, like we play trailblazers. We just dropped to below 500 last night against the Dick. I mean, against the Knicks. So it's
0: things like that. It, we're benefiting from schedule-wise, not really the play of our team. Right, so you do know that Deham he was ta- he had uh, the thought process of uh, uh, sticking to a lineup. I guess he was trying to find out what was going to work, what was not going to work. He said now he's he's more close to this is how it is, and we need to see how this thing play out uh, for a longer period of time. Uh, and you already said about Austin Reeves, uh, not really something where you really want to like trade him away anyway anywhere because for the simple fact of it, he is your outside shooting when he hitting we have other people that try to shoot three-pointers but they don't make it all the time which is not making for a good uh shooting percentage and it's, and it's kind of that's why they where he at now but uh how do you feel about maybe a more stabilized um uh starting lineup because there's not also reason back in the starting lineup now yeah um he
1: he kind of been in the starting lineup since that Cam Raiders first went down with that injury. I know we tried the Max Christie thing, which was out of left field. I don't really see the reason for starting him. Um, it's the things that we're doing as far as with the D'Angelo Russell. Uh, things with the Jared Vanderbilt. It's Charlie and Prince getting 38 minutes a night. It's things like that that I don't really understand. Even when they're playing cold, it's like you just... Ride with these guys And I don't see the point in it I don't see what we're trying to accomplish By running these guys out there Even when they're playing bad And just letting them stay on the floor Even you got some young guys on the, Give them some chances I'm not saying that they should get majority of the minutes But go according to what you're seeing on the, In that game Right. I'm not a big fan of uh, What well, he's done this For most of this I, I'm worried about tonight What are you giving me tonight? Yeah, I'm not saying take him out and bench him for the rest of the game if he starts out cold. Let him sit down,
0: regroup, regather himself. Don't let him just stay out there and keep shooting up bricks. Right. See, when I think about what you said and everything, and you talk about uh, uh, the core players um, and uh, making moves and what are you willing to give up, all right? Uh, Is is D-Lo part of the core for the Los Angeles Lakers or not? I can't
1: see how you can say he is. He has some great games for us, but the constant benching him and things like that, I just don't think he's in our long-term. I think he's the one link that we are looking to replace him because he doesn't give us what we brought him in for necessarily, and that's to facilitate the ball. Now, his shooting has been a great plus to us, especially games where he goes off for 39 points. Great plus to us, but we need a guy who can – First off, allow LeBron to play without the ball in his hands a lot more, and somebody who can get get the rest of the team going, put them in because LeBron this year he needs to be more of an off the ball slash things like that, get going down here and be able to kick it out, not bring the ball up and have all eyes focused
0: on him the whole twenty four second shot clock. Right, even though he's able to do it, that's not really uh, taking a recipe for winning um, because uh, when I, when I think about that and everything, it's like. <clears throat> You got to get some continuity somewhere. You have to. You see, because without it, you know, you put me on the bench, you start me, you put me in the start lineup, you put me with the second squad. You, you in, you out, you on, you off, you up, you down. That's a recipe for disaster, man. Yeah, it, it, that's the thing too. It, we talk. It kind of takes away the confidence of your team. Absolutely, it's like okay, I don't know whether I'm starting next game or not. You feel? It's me? Like, what about it is There's things like. They're not even playing bad to deserve
1: being benched. It's just you hoping something – like, you're, you're throwing things – we
0: said this about the Vikings head coach. You're just throwing darts at the wall and hoping they stick. Yeah, and here lately they really haven't been. Well, check this out. Let's change – let's uh, talk about this for a minute. All right, listen. When you think about LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets, because LaMelo Ball is the Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> it's just what it is. He had a 20-game absence, Okay. Now, you know, he was uh, dealing with an injury. Okay, we get that part, ankle. Now, return, he He loses three more games after he come back. All right, so that was in the middle of a six-game losing streak. He come back, they lose three more games. Then on a on a a less no Wambayama, San Antonio Spurs, they take and he resting that night. They win that game. Now this is the second game because they lost yeah, they the lost first game 135 to 99, okay? So this is the second time they played and then, finally the Hornets win, okay? But this is my question, man, cuz I I'm really looking closely at this. Does LaMelo Ball have the ability to make his teammates better around him? Uh
1: his passing ability alone makes the, these guys better. Um it's just the, how much better can you make these guys, if that makes sense. Because you don't have a lot of star-level players on this team. You're, you got LaMelo. Pretty much it. The, 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 the jury's still out on Brandon Miller, who has some flashes in the pot. He has put together some great games. Um, Miles Bridges. Um, It's just, but it's what level of star are these guys? They're not all stars like Lamelo. They're not. I won't want. I don't want to call them role players because Miles Bridges is a little more than a role player. I think. Uh, Terry Rozier a little more than a role player. I would. I would like to say, but they're not guys who I keep move the needle that much. Um, the biggest needle mover for this team was Mark Williams outside of Lamelo Ball. Mark Williams was the biggest needle mover for this team just because what he. Brought as far as rebounding the ball giving LaMelo that lob threat around the rim things like that other than that this team is the team is what the team is what we see in the record what we see in these scores that's what this team is it's a badly constructed roster with one amazing guy at the top trying to hold it all together when he's hurt
0: it's bad when he's healthy it's slightly better still bad Right, right. Because, like you said, they just took and played a game against the um, the Philadelphia 76ers, and they lost that one. And guess what? LaMelo didn't play. You know they why? An- ankle soreness. Yeah, they
1: was up four going into the third quarter. Came to that fourth, turned the ball over a lot. And that's just the it's, – it's a team who can't close the deal. When you take away their best player, nobody really steps up in that aspect of replacing what he brings to your team. Yeah, everybody sees the exciting highlights and things like that. That's what Lamelo is, but a lot of those plays are great IQ plays. That's what you don't get those highlight plays, those highlight passes, things like that, without having great IQ and vision. So that's what I focus on with Lamelo. The shots and all the scoring is getting better progressively as he, you know, matures in the league. He just needs more help. He needs more help. He can't do it all by himself. And then he also has to take some things upon himself too to make himself better. Get them ankles looked at and figure out
0: what you can do to prevent spraining them every other game. Right, cuz I was thinking about that and I did, it was just I had you know I was scratching my head. And I said you was gone for 20 games and everything trying to get all this together. You come in for for about three or so games and everything, you know. You, you I know you building back up, you getting back into the game shape type activity, and then you know you finally you know they do get a win, but then you go right back out with the same injury. I mean, it's like how how many times are we going to continue to take them to do this, you know? Because I I don't want them to come up with an excuse, you see. Because that's kind of what it's kind of seemed like it's leaning leaning towards. It's an excuse to say, well, we can't keep them healthy and everything. So that's why our record is what it is. And uh, uh right now is, you know, this is, on this uh season we're gonna take a pass. No, no, no. That's not what we're doing. We we listen, I know fans in the seat and everything. Is that what they're trying to do, or are they trying to build a winning franchise? Like you said, Lamar, LaMelo Ball is great. He's great to watch, man. He's a exciting player. He he gives you all of that ooh and that ah, that highlight film, that posterization. He does all of that with the fancy passes and everything. But if we can see it, why is this, why is the the franchise not, why are they not trying to build a winning franchise, man? Are, are they just like, content was like, oh, everybody can come see LaMelo, and we we good? The, the the main thing that we do so bad is draft. We have such
1: poor draft history. Um if if you go back to it, it and it, it kind of starts with the whole missing out on Anthony Davis thing. I'm t- I'm taking it that far back. The whole missing out on Anthony Davis, you still get the number two pick. You pick a Michael kidd Gilchrist. That's that's self explanatory. I don't have nothing else to say about that. <laughs> then you then it's things it's things like you hit on the Kimba. Between there, who did we bring in into into onto the team? Nobody. We had way more misses than we did hits. Then you 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 hit on LaMelo ball. You you hit on Miles Bridges miraculously. Now he didn't he didn't come out rookie year and look like he was a hit. But he was turned into a hit. One of their most consistent players. You hit on Miles Bridges. Cool. PJ Washington. I won't say he's a hit or a miss. Right there in that median line of not too bad. We not we not too upset with taking a PJ Washington. Then it gets it gets fishy. Y'all get James Booknight. James Booknight don't play. You get you get Bryce McGowan. Bryce McGowan don't play. You get Kyle Jones, who was inexperienced coming out of Texas. He not even he didn't even make it through two seasons. Coming into this workout camp, he was gone. You go get JT Thor. He barely gets on the floor. Is what you get Nick Richards, who. Great this year. He's he's a great what's the word he's a serviceable backup center. He came in when Mark Williams went down. Nothing I don't got nothing. He that's not his job. What he's expected to do right now is that one what he signed up for. Right. So I'm not I'm not mad at Nick Richards. But it's things like that that's kinda of put us in the situation that we're in. We kinda of write the ship with a little mellow ball pick. Fishy between those two, three years. We write it again with a Brandon Miller pick. Can we get it right again going forward? Or are we going to go right back into two, three, four years of misses? Because this is the team you end up with because then you miss so much. You go out and you, you spend money on a Terry Rozier who came here saying, I want this to be my team. Right after that, you draft LaMelo Ball. So that whole concept went out the window within a year. It's not your team no more. We sold you on a dream. Then you go get a, a Gordon Haywood. Same situation. We missed on all these players in the draft. They're not who we thought they was. We got to make it up somewhere. We overpay for a Gordon Haywood who's declining every year. Should have
0: traded them when you said we needed to trade <laughs> these them. Are the, <laughs> these are the symptoms that leads to your team looking to miss. Right, right. And then when you think about that, does it not, I mean, management, of course, but also a coach that can't put up, put it together.
1: That's the thing, too. I don't see the whole Steve... We, we've talked about the Steve Clifford hiring before. Mm-hmm. I think it's the... Um, going back to something you're comfortable with, something you know, you know. Um, dating my ex-girlfriend type thing. Um, they don't always work he's out. He's gotten to a playoff appearance before. But it's been you know, a long time since you took t- me out to dinner. Those type things. And then we do got to... I will give them this benefit of the doubt. The Kenny Atkinson thing. When he agreed and and... They are he agreed to terms of a contract. They went on to win a championship where he was an assistant at Golden State. He said, Yeah, I'm better off staying here. Mm. That kind of messed things up, and I think they went into panic mode when it came to hiring their next coach. Then you don't want to vet all over. You know you don't want to go through the process of interviewing all these guys all over again. You call up somebody you're familiar with even if
0: it was a toxic relationship in the first place. But then you shortchange not only the team and the players on it, you shortchanged the fans. We want to win. I just think it's a mess.
1: Uh, we It's a lot that goes into the Hornets when you look at it. And, you know, I'm a bigger picture kind of guy. Uh, roster constructed poorly. I will say that draft picks constructed bad job of doing whoever the scouts and things who are in charge of that, they've done a terrible job. But this offseason and things like I can give them kind of leeway just because of the overturn that was going on. Like I, we talked about the coaching situation. Michael Jordan selling the team. Uh, I think Check came in. Uh, so a lot of things was moving while you trying to figure stuff out at the top. They're, the new owners trying to come in and get situated. But they also got to deal with coaching changes at the same time. They got to deal with whatever business side of the thing with Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan still wanted to have say in the NBA draft right before he walked. So it's a lot to navigate. You would hope you do better, though, because you get paid that money to
0: do this job. That's your job. But I do. I can, I can see where it gets muddy. I got you. Well, you do know there's the trade line... Trade deadline is, is is very close. It's coming very near. Do you feel, by any stretch of the imagination, that the Charlotte Hornets will make any kind of trade to try to take and salvage some, or if not most of this team, as far as the season goes, right now? It's a prayer. Mm-hmm. It's a prayer. Um, only because now this is new. This, this new
1: ownership and management. But we've ha- we're not known to make those moves we're not known to throw our hats in the ring or or throw our bids up for these players when it comes to trade deadline when it comes to making moves during the season. We don't really we don't really do much at all when it comes to anything. We we draft and we sign a couple people. We draft, we sign a couple people. We draft <laughs> and then we, it's the same Form, and like, if you look at the past, after the Terry Rozier, um,
0: Gordon Hayward signing, who have we signed after that. Right. And that's kind of what gets me because you're under new owner, uh, ownership, under new management and everything. And usually nine times out of ten, this is not always the case if things are running smoothly and good. But usually when a new management come in, new owner come in, they want to go ahead and put their stamp on the team to say, hey, I'm here. I ain't seen none of that. And that's the thing, too. You would think
1: that they're more willing to make these moves Right? don't have the attachment to these guys. You hear it all the time. Those aren't my guys. Right? These aren't my guys. It's just you start thinking of, are y'all trying to please this front office and locker room as as far as I don't want to ruffle no feathers with me being that I just came in? But this is your team. Right. If you ruffled their feathers, then they could leave. And they can exit. It's somebody, and at this point, you guys aren't even in the position of, "Oh, we're good enough to keep rocking." If y'all want to leave, y'all can leave. Y'all can be my guests. Don't let the dough hit you with a good Lord splitcher. Y'all, and that's just, I don't see, and that's the only thing I can. They are more of a hands-off ownership. That's the only way I can see that
0: this is what's going on. But the Charlotte Hornets don't need that. They they need hands-on. Now, I ain't talking about David Tipper hands-on, okay? I'm talking about, listen, I want a winning franchise. We here. You need to understand that we're here. And we want to take and build a product that people want to come see. We want longevity. We want consistency. And it starts today. And that's the thing. Mitch Kupchak is a great man. We've seen him... Put teams in
1: great positions. You're here now. You, you got your, you got your, 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 cornerstone.
0: You got your building block. We just waiting on y'all to start building. It just feel like a big bucket of complacency has been poured on the team and the organization, and they ain't gonna work. Okay? Listen, we got other games we need to chop up because I need to know how you feeling about them, man. Check this out. Had a great game between the Rockets and the Jazz. This baby went into overtime, okay? Rockets edged that thing out by one point. Rockets 127, Jazz 126. And my man Clarkson for the Jazz, man, he had 33 points off the bench. (laughs) Chop this up for me, baby. Tell me how you feel about this little uh, session on that one. Um... That's that Jordan Clarkson
1: is a guy who we was just talking about trade deadline. Right, he's a guy who should be a hot commodity for who? Everybody. <laughs> Think about it. Everybody needs a six man who can come off the bench and picks up. You know that little Will Jordan, Jam, Jam, Jamal Crawford type of uh, effect on the game. Double double. He had twelve rips too. I can come in and just give you thirty and twenty something. Like in thirty, like you get off the bench. I don't get cold because I sat down a little bit. I'm fine. I'm ready to go. Hot <laughs> and ready little Caesar's pieces, Right. They be ready to go. And it, it seems Lakers definitely need it because once you take Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell off the bench, you don't got nobody. <laughs> he needs to go there. Uh, New York Knicks, y'all traded probably the best six man in the league and now you got nobody. Y'all need to go call up Jordan Clarkson. Oh, that's another guy on this team, Colin Stakeson, who I think would do great coming off the bench somewhere. 28 points.
0: <laughs> it's players like this. See,
1: that's the thing. Everybody want to talk about the, the big names, the 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 the, the real needle swingers, them big superstar names. These guys right here mm-hmm. is people who can change the, the, your team. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. They can change your team. Um, will somebody pull the trigger on it? I don't know. Will the Jazz accept it? I hope not. Because they've kind of had a resurgence of a late as of late. I think they was on like a nine game win streak coming into this. So they're fine as far as, but you just, I think you would listen to these offers, you know, cause you guys aren't contending for a championship. Like the realistic, the reality of the situation is you guys aren't contending for a championship. Can you get some draft capital off of this pit? Can you get a younger talent
0: off of this? I would look into it. I'd pick up the phone, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I understand exactly what you're saying because when you think about it, they have 500 and everything. We get that part. But like you say, it is a good roster that has been constructed. But like you say, with uh, Jordan Clarkson, with, with, with what he has and everything, man, that that's those wonderful numbers. But you're going to need those people just willing to come off the bench, uh, role players, uh, those workhorses and everything. I don't know anybody that's done one it all and not had these type of players on their team. And that's the thing. We, we looked at it and – Last year, that's what got Bruce
1: Brown paid. Right. He was he was one of these guys who can come in. He don't do it all the time. But that one game when y'all need him to do it, he's capable of doing so. Mm-hmm. So, that, that's all it is. And um, as far as the Rockets, man, we, you know how I feel about Sengun, man. 37 it, points, 14 rips, double-double. Baby joker, man.
0: Right. Baby
1: joker. And I know – their idea is building this team around Jalen Green, Jamari, Jabari Smith, Jr. I think you got to look at what the Nuggets did and build it inside out. Mm-hmm. Now, you do got to get him a Jamal Murray, which I guess is y'all's Jalen Green. <laughs> I know his – Jalen Green's biggest knock for me is his shot selection. He 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 takes some of the most – what in the world was you just thinking? Mm-hmm. Shots that ended – I guess that's being spoiled by gifts, being spoiled by talent. He he believes he can make any shot, and that's that. Same thing with Cam Thomas out in Brooklyn. He he says it all the time. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I make bad shots. I mean, I take bad shots, but sometimes I make bad shots.
0: <laughs> Six one way, half a dozen does You know, so
1: that's it. That's that shooters gonna shoot mentality. Scores is gonna put the ball on the rim. Like we gonna put the ball up there, right? You you just can't. <laughs> do it to a fact where it's hurting your team you can't do it to a point where it's hurting your team and I think Jalen Green it, now the Rockets 20 and 21 way above what we expected of them but I think things like that is what's holding them back from what they what their full potential is you think they'll be able to get a chance to figure that thing out before it gets too late Um, I can see them figuring it out because they do got I, I like that coach uh, isn't it M.A. M- M- Doka? Mm-hmm. I, I like the coach um, you I, got a Van Fleet on, on, on the team. Was, they so got a good leadership right. in Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. He, can, he can be a mentor to a Jalen Green. I know their games are different, mm-hmm. but he can teach you how to get better shot With him being a smaller guard and things like that, who makes a, a higher efficiency, you know, he's a better, he's a more efficient as a scorer. He can teach you tricks and trades to get better looks at
0: the rim. Get into a spot where you can up your efficiency. Right, exactly. So I'm hoping that, like you said, they'll be able to make, you know, some things happen for them, man. It's a little bit more gelling, a little better shot selection, and I think they have the culture they need in order to, like, get them there. And
1: that's the thing. Coming off of where they were mm-hmm. last year to now, it shows that they're
0: heading in that right direction. Right. Now, uh, I know how you feel about S-A-J- uh, uh, SGA, uh, Alexander man, with the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, sh- the, the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Oakland OKC is what I'm trying to say. The OKC, listen, uh, it looked to me, man, because they beat the, the T-Wolves this night 102-97. Uh, your boy Alexander had 33 points. He's always burning it up, man, and he's very consistent with what he do. But my question to you about this uh, OKC, t- OKC team is, are they slated to make the deepest run they have in a while? Because, you know, in the past, you, you know, you had Kevin Durant and all that other stuff. We, we, we know about all that, but it, it, it's a new day. uh, uh are they going to make a, a deep run with this thing now? Because they look real good and they're they're consistent playing right now at twenty nine and thirteen.
1: It, it 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 comes to the experience factor for this team because they are a young team. So when you it, we understand how seven game series is a lot different. It's a lot different from from anything that you see in sports. Like, like just be real, the constant travel back and forth, going into hostile environments, things like that. It will affect you. These young guys haven't been there yet. They haven't experienced that. They didn't even get to experience of the in season tournament. Right. They haven't seen an atmosphere like that. How will they react when you go up against a, a Phoenix Suns team who have multiple guys? They have a champion. They have a guy who just went to the finals a couple of years ago. Uh, you go up against the Lakers. We don't got to talk We got the oldest man in the league, Still playing ball, you know, second greatest of all time. (laughs) (laughs) He's still on the court, right? You go against the Joker or the Nuggets for seven. We understand any given night for seven games, you got to go in there and get you four of them things. What about that marathon run? How would you respond to that? One, two, three, four. It's like a twelve round boxing match. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go out. You can go out game one, blow them out by twenty. Come out game two, get blown out by 40. How will you respond in game three?
0: Right, right. That's
1: what we have to wait and see from this team. They, I can see them going anywhere from
0: first-round exit two Western Conference fighters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and that's understandable. Now, when you think about them T-Wolves, they don't have a bad record either, man. They're 30 and 12, you know, and uh, when you think about K-Town, he had 19 this night, uh, and then McDaniel's 15, uh, Edwards 19, and then Reed, 18 off the bench. Uh, so, I already know Did you said look out for them. Yeah. So, they're they playing with um, some consistency as well. So, do you think that they're going to uh, make a little bit noise as it goes uh, further down the line? I feel more confident with these guys than I do feel with OKC. Mm-hmm.
1: Just because of the mentality of Anthony Edwards, he already thinks he's top five in the league. <laughs> you can't tell him. What do you think he at? Um, right now, I would say he's around that top 15 area. Okay. More realistically for me. Uh, just because of the body of work. You, I, I respect, I do respect that aspect of the game. Body of work. Um. Now, once you start looking in the individual seasons that's a different conversation uh but overall i think he's in that top 15 to top 10 area i don't really i don't think i can put him 10 90 i don't think i can put him up there quite yet mm-hmm. cuz i got to see Well, i got you got to add more to that resume and then games like this he was you guys it was one over i think it was 197 at the end of the game he had a chance to tie it up at the free throw line you can't miss all three like pressure, bust a pipe. Things Y'all know like, about that episode. Things like that kind of. Make, and I understand everybody faces those moments in your career where you, you missed the shot. Kobe Bryant airballed two in a row. Like, I understand you faced those moments. But like that's the point. It's so early in your career. We've seen how Kobe responded to him missing those shots. How will you respond? What type of player will you become after that?
0: You know, a lot of players, they live for that moment. They search for that moment. They work for that moment. They grill for that moment. They practice for that moment and then come through. Will you be able to do the same thing? And you
1: think about it. Nick Anderson in the Magic, who missed those free throws back in the day, he kind of declined ever since then because he could never get
0: over that mental hump that he created Mm for himself. You either get over the hill or under it. I got you. And, you know, Edwards uh, Ed play with a chip on his shoulder. He plays angry at Right, day. right. So, you know, his point production and the things that he can do and everything, you turn that up a little bit, man, you got a true contender.
1: Because this thing, he he had an efficient night. 19 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds on 6 for 10 shooting. Efficient night. Like, great night. Um, And then you think about, this is why I feel so confident in these guys. Anthony Edwards is a legit number one option. They got probably, I would say, other than... KD Book, uh, Giannis Dame, LeBron AD. I think they got top four, top five, duo, or one and two option in the league as far as Anthony Edwards and what Cat can do when he's on.
0: We love them dynamic duos, baby. That's and, what we do. And double look D. at it, they got defense
1: around this board with Jaden McDaniels, who's there, Jared Vanderbilt. They got Rudy Gobert, who we know what he could do. They got a leader in Mike Conley, who's he comes from that uh Grit and Grind era of Memphis. So he's used to getting up into people and playing a, a tough nosed brand of defense. That's what makes me feel
0: confident in this team. Right, yeah. I feel it, and you know what? They showing it. Now, check about this game right here. Check this out. This game is always going to be personal, okay? He got the New York Knicks and the Toronto Raptors. We know why it's personal. It is what it is. The Knicks won this night 126, uh Raptors 100. Now, the first thing I see is Jalen Brunson, number one option, went slap off Thirty-eight points. <laughs> they didn't want nobody feeling. They made a mistake. Yeah. How you feel about this matchup in this night?
1: Uh, everybody was saying it was a win-win trade. I think the Knicks wanted to end that conversation right. Tide is turning now, huh? They wanted to end that conversation yeah. right then. Right then. It right. ain't no win-win. We won. They lost. <laughs> <laughs> we we. When you look at when you look at where the teams are, right. Knicks was a playoff team from the get-go. They got better. You guys was in, and you could argue you got worse. <laughs> right. So, at first, I was one of those, yeah, it's a win-win for both of these teams because I didn't think they was going to turn around and trade Pascal Siakam as well. Right. Think about it. So, now it's not even the trade that, that – the initial trade is not the reason why you guys lost this trade. Is what you turned around and did afterwards.
0: I just, I told you it was, I was scratching my head. I'm still scratching my head All and they everything. Think. It's
1: that blow up. They, they blowing it up. Oh, my goodness. They blowing man. it up.
0: But that's the thing. Why did you bring
1: in R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly if you just going to blow this thing
0: up? I, I felt they had one, two, three.
1: I, you know, I, that's what I think I thought it was more of. Okay, we got two options right now. Let's go get some more. You know they still got Scotty Scotty Barnes out there, so I thought it was, it was gonna be a let's do this thing by committee. Let's try to round this thing out. No, they said, yeah, um, only person safe is Scotty, and and he didn't play good this night, man.
0: He had nine points
1: in thirty three minutes. It, this coming off of um, his coach saying he's the future face of the league. <laughs> what? So yeah, there you go. There you have that. Uh, but it's they came out. And it's not even like O.G. Ananobi had a great game. He didn't. I mean, he didn't play bad, but it, he didn't have a great, the greatest of games. Fourteen points, thirty-seven shows, minutes, yeah. It shows what this team needed versus what the
0: Raptors, you know. It, mm-hmm. it shows the difference of where these team teams are. Right. They, and, and when, you, when you look at the consistency, though, right now, uh, you do have a situation where, uh, what, you got Julius Randles, he had 18, okay, and then... What else did you have here? You got an eighteen point triple double from Julius Randle. Right, that's what I'm talking. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. So <clears throat> when you think about that, okay, that was good, but it wasn't enough. And then you think about you think about
1: this too. This is something that nobody's talking about. Precious Achua was a thorn winner. Right. He was a nobody. He was a second thought in this trade. Came off the bench tonight for twenty five minutes, gave you eighteen and eleven double double off a nine and ten shooter. Mm hmm. So when you look at that. It, it it's kind of like, yeah, we won this.
0: We we ran away with this trade. Yeah, yeah. All right, so they has to bump their numbers up, man. They has to bump their numbers up now and everything about. It. Okay, y'all need to start taking us just a little bit more serious.
1: Yeah, I think they're that. They're right in that. Like I said, we know the favorites of the East mm-hmm. right now is the is that Celtics team 76 is books they're right in that group. They're right below them now, and they're in that group of where it's not. And I know earlier when we talk talking about the Pacers, I grouped the Pacers, Knicks, uh, Magic, and Heat together. Pacers and Knicks is a, a tear above Magic and Heat just because of Heat. They do got a star out there, but I don't like their full constructed roster. Mm-hmm. Magic, I like their roster, but they don't have an established star yet. These two teams got both and their rosters becoming more complete.
0: Right, right. And that's exactly what you want. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to see them continue to make that thing happen. How about this right here? The San Antonio Spurs beat the District this night 131 to 127. And when you look at that and everything, uh what you have is our boy Victor Wamiama! He had 24 points, man, okay? So change you remember you talked about him with 23 all right, and then uh, you had uh, Kate Johnson give him nineteen off off the bench. Uh, so, uh, how, how how you feel about this situation right here? Uh, because uh, it seemed to me it's a situation where Victor uh, he was hurt for a second, but I guess you know he need his rest too. Uh, but it seemed to me like they they they're, they're winning games, you know, but it, it, they still got some work to do.
1: Yeah, um, they're figuring it out. They're figuring it out. Uh, you you would expect them to with pop at the helm. Um, He's doing more. And that's the thing, too. We talked about it before. Um, The Jeremy Sochin at point guard experiment did not work. Mm -hmm. They started looking better as soon as he allowed Trey Jones to play his position. That's all it is. Somebody who can see the floor and get the ball where it needs to be with nine times out of ten is to a cutting Victor with Mignog. Which we've talked about it a lot. They missed so many opportunities to get him an easy look at the. Rim. He's seven foot three. How can you miss him? <laughs> in, in
0: argument, I'm the tallest thing out here. In argument, I know you most, see
1: me. The most skilled player on the court nine times out of ten. How do you not? Even if you don't see him, that's the thing. I don't know how you don't see him because you should be looking for him regardless of the fact that he's seven foot three. Right. That should just make it easier. Mm-hmm. Your first look should be catch the ball. Where
0: would be at? Uh, dribble around a little bit. Where would be at? Right. That, that's y'all. If he's not sitting on the bench, you need to be getting the ball to him, period. Period. And and move around and get open just in case he kicks it back out to you. The ball should go through him every single time, even
1: if he don't shoot it. But I think that's more what they're leaning towards. We um, understand the hole that they dug themselves with the losing that they did early on. We didn't expect them to be coming out here winning 30, 40
0: games anyway,
1: but you want to see constant growth. From this team And that's what we're
0: getting Yeah, absolutely Because when you look at it And everything All five of their starters Double digits And then they also had Like you say Kate Johnson coming off the bench With 19 That's really what you want You want to see a gelling process Some cohesion in there So you build towards the future Which is what I feel That they're doing You know, like I said We love to see the progress That's going on Like we don't already talked About the Lakers and everything It is what it is Figure it out But listen, how about These games to watch Now do the Clippers Have a, a new home? Do they have a new home to play Yeah, in? I
1: think they're building. I don't know if it's finished, mm-hmm. but I know they're getting to do their own stadium.
0: Okay. Well, check
1: this out. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. It looks like it's on it like
0: in the Lakers arena anyway with all them banners up there. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just going to say that anyway. Okay, I got you. Now, listen. Uh, this is a game that we need to watch. Uh, Toroi. Listen, you got the Clippers and the Nets. The Clippers are at 26-14, and 14, man. Who you with?
1: Oh, yeah. I got Clippers. Oh, uh, I got Clippers, uh, and they should be able to take care of business easily. Um, now, the things like with the Nets is what cost our Lakers a, a a win. They got a guy who comes off that bench named Cam Thomas. Mm-hmm. He's liable to give you thirty to fifty points on any given night, and, and, and it's the most fascinating thing you'll you'll ever see because he's not just he he's just he's a small guard. He he not six 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 seven. He ain't. Like the flashiest player. He just gets to where he wants to get to. And that's the that's the thing where he said, I know I take bad shots. And y'all are, that, that's a bad shot. You know how many times I've shot that shot, though? <laughs> a I lot. know I can make this shot. Right. Shoot now, it till you make it. Now, did I miss it that time? Sure. But shoot or shoot. Well, would, would I not shoot it the next time?
0: course not. I'll shoot it again. (laughs) I'll shoot it every single.
1: I'll shoot it every time they give it to me. Mm -hmm. That's that mentality he has. And it comes from favorite player being Cope. Things like that. Going to an LSU program where he was the main attraction offense. Coming into Brooklyn Nets where he was on that Kevin Durant team coming off the bench. So he got used to coming off the bench, having to put up his numbers in a short amount of time. Now... He's getting 30, 30 minutes coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. And they're still not a number one scoring threat out there in Brooklyn. Mikael Bridges, he's shown he can score the ball. He's not a scorer, though. He's still a defensive first guy. Cam Thomas is y'all's bucket getter. Right. Now, thats I think he's the X factor. Whenever somebody lines up against the Brooklyn Nets, if he goes out and has a game like he had against the Lakers, they can win any game. How often can you put up games like that, though?
0: Right, yeah, that is true. Uh, give me a give me a, a score on that one on them Clippers Nets. I'm gonna go Clippers one fifteen Nets ninety eight. Yeah, and and like I say, um, it was a whole bunch of questions at the very beginning and everything about the gelling process. Are they gonna be able to take in a, a play with a James Harden? Uh, what what do we have? What don't we have? Uh, I still think that um, who is still taking a uh, a whole lot of uh, I guess just humble enough to accept it is oh, Russell Westbrook, man. You know, he, he's just, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win. And that's admirable on his part, man, because you don't have a lot of players and a lot of people that's willing to do that.
1: Yeah, nah. Yeah. Um, they're sitting at fourth right now. Um, and in the last 10, they on the 8-2 West. Street. So, it's coming together. This is what the people thought it would look like. And that's what I say when it comes to playoff,
0: I think this is the most scariest
1: team coming out of
0: that West. No doubt. They, like I said, they're they going to have to stay healthy. But we can say that about any team in any sport any day. Well, how about this right here? You got the Heat and Orlando. Now, their records are kind of similar. You got the Heat at 24-18 and, and Orlando uh, Magic at 22-20. Now, I put all that together and say this is because, okay, they ca- you, you, you got uh, Jimmy Butler, when he plays, he, he plays pretty good. Probably need to up his offensive production just a little bit. But, you know, you got Triple J and you got some outside shooting. We call them the Blue Team of the League. The blue collar team of the league, and then you got that young team with the, the Orlando Magic, baby. You know, you know how they do. They they had a couple little win streaks going on uh, throughout the season. Uh, what you think about the Heat Orlando matchup? Um, so right now they're saying Triple J is out.
1: Okay. Uh, Tyler Hero for the Heat is a game time decision. I think both of these guys play a big factor in what these two teams are trying to do. Uh, Franz Wagner. Game time decision on the Magic side, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's more replaceable versus if they're if the Heat are missing Tyler Hero and Triple J. Um, so we gotta see. But right, I think the Magic uh, outlast this game. Um, just because of it's that how how they get it done. It's not a one guy show. Yeah, Apollo is the main vocal point. But they have a lot of guys who contribute to their wins, right? Versus when you think of he, you, you think of, yeah, they do have role players who play great, but you think of mainly Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, is the motor they run and go off of them two guys. I just don't think without Tyler Hero, you know, if he's game time decision to me, I'm gonna just mark him out until he's on the court. Without a Tyler Hero, without a Triple J, I don't see who can replace that production offensively for those guys. Right. It's going to be hard for them to win this game if those two people aren't playing.
0: So, give me a score on it then between the Heat and Orlando then. Uh, I'm going
1: to go – I think it will be a lower scoring
0: game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go 96-87. Okay. We can roll with that. Now, how about this one here, wrapping this part up right here. The new look Pacers okay <laughs> you know with uh pascal siakam and of course uh uh tyrese halliburton he was already there doing what he do and then you got the phoenix Suns. now you know d book you know when he play he good you know he'll drop a 50 piece on you anytime he get good and ready especially once he warm up just like a diesel engine just give it time to warm up okay but it has to be diesel all right now when you think about this Hopefully with everybody playing and, and, and them kind of meshing together with KD, Bradley Beal, and all that just kind of going on, this is going to be a great game between the Pacers and the Suns. What you got? What it look like? Um, I think
1: this, this score is going to be completely opposite to what I just said about the uh, Heat Magic. Right. I think this is going to be a high one. Um, I think the Pacers edge this one out uh, just because of that fast-paced offense that they're going to bring to the table. Um, now, we do understand with KD – Bradley Bill D. Book, how much is it? I won't say it's easy for them to put up points, but they definitely got their three, don't they? They got three dudes who can give you whatever you need on any given night. So Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they, I'm not saying it's a guaranteed just Pacers win, but I feel confident saying the Pacers come out, play their style of their brand of basketball, and get enough stops to help them win this game. I'm going to go 130.
0: 136 to 130. When you think about Tyrese Halliburton and everything, and then you think about D-Book, okay, uh, who's going to have the high score this game on this go-around? Who who you think going to take and, uh, have the high score for the team? Which one? And how much do you think they're going to drop on this well, game? I think
1: D-Book will score more. Yeah. I think Tyrese will be responsible for more points.
0: Mm-hmm. I think his points assist totals
1: would do more than what D-Book I think D-Book is going to go for that 26, 27 point range. I think Tyrese has a, anywhere
0: from like 18 to 21 with 15 assists. Okay, so, uh, and before we move on, you, you feel Bradley Bill, he, he's getting better as far as his health and everything, and, and he's more consistent on the court now and everything, because I know he he, he tweaked something, uh, but now you think that uh, they are setting themselves up right now for success as far as uh, making a nice little deep run on it?
1: Yeah, mm. I think they're, they're, and that's that just getting on the floor together, getting to see what it feels like running with each other. Um, now that they're getting that continuity down, Bradley Bill gets some of the some of his basketball legs back, I think they're fine. And you got a great coach. I think they'll be fine. And that's the thing too, I think they still need that traditional point guard who can set them up more. It's a guy that named John Wall who just sitting on somebody's couch right now.
0: Yeah. Who I
1: think could help this team a lot
0: exactly let's keep our eyes on that one and see if it can go ahead and do what it do all right next up we got them college who's to discuss baby all right we also got two nfl teams that are waiting to play in their conference games okay we got two down with two to go we'll be right back don't go nowhere